And I think another thing that is also true is for a lot of people our age who came up when George W. Bush was in office for eight years, you actually saw what happened when someone who wears his religion on his sleeve makes policies that a lot of people disagree with. And all of a sudden, those two things are mixed together. Mm -hmm. So if you are, uh, even if you grew up as a conservative Christian, but if you didn't like how his presidency went, you were like, I don't want to be a part of any of that. Yeah. And I think that went into overdrive with Trump. It's like how many, I'm sure you have plenty of people you know too, where, you know, fine, we're Christian, but I can't defend the stuff he's doing. Yes. And or, and I can't defend the religious people who I once saw as leaders who are glomming onto him. So what do you do with that? Before we get going, a small ad break. Bear with me. I'll be right back. In fact, I'm asking for silence. You don't know where my mind is. Don't pray for me. Don't tear me down and act as if you're helping me. Don't hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Seth. This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. I thought is a good way to start Lent and people leave things by the wayside. Now, I'm aware that Lent started four or five days ago, but that's okay. Um, I would bring on uh, one of my favorite bloggers. His name is Hemant Mehta. He's written a few books, but he blogs at The Friendly Atheist, which is a website that if you've never been there, is really worth clicking pause, going to the show notes, and losing yourself in that because it gives a lot of words to what many people, at least in my field of view, constantly complain about when it comes to organized religion. Let's start there. If we're going to look at letting things fall away during Lent, let's start there. So I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hemet Meta, and I'm hopeful that I said that right because I probably butchered yes. it and I don't know how to edit video and I'm too lazy to edit the audio, at least for that. <laughs> so welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here. And then just for me to you, I've been reading your work for many, many, many I don't know if yours is accurate because I don't know how to quantify it, but um, I've enjoyed oh, I've you, enjoyed sir. your stuff. Yeah, but welcome to the show, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is uh, no, this is fun, and I, I always appreciate when people read anything you put out there. You, you make stuff, you make a podcast, mm -hmm. you make anything, and it's like, oh wow, it actually does have reception people somewhere, read it. and that's always nice. Yeah. yeah, people read it, people listen to it. Yeah, oddly enough, so I've been transcribing these because I'm ridiculous and need more things to do with my life. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And um, I had hoped that nobody would listen to, would read the transcripts, and that is not what the analytics say. And I'm like, man. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's always fun to see when when you put blood. You put it out there, people will find it. Yeah, blood, it's sweat, amazing. and carpal tunnel into something, and somebody, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, tell the listeners who you are, why you are, what sure. what you what you do, why that should matter, and then we'll kind of roll with it because yeah. um, this one will be slightly different than what we normally do, but not overly crazily different. Sure. So, so the the short version, if you aren't familiar with anything I do, um. So I'm Hemant Mehta. I write at a website called friendlyatheist.com. Mostly for the, I've been doing it for like, I don't even know anymore, 14 some years now, like every day it is now like the, I, I've been doing it full time for a long time now. And basically what I'm writing about is religion and politics and, and mostly uh, stories about religion as they come into the news. It's less about convincing people God doesn't exist Mm -hmm. which is my position. I just genuinely don't care if it's anyone else's <laughs> and more about like, uh, I guess from my perspective, I care less about trying to convince people to become atheists mm -hmm. and more like, let me just put out there my issues with religion as it relates to what we're seeing in the news. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I don't think it's a virtue. And I think that's very easy to point out. And maybe along the way, people who are doubting or who have questions about religion or who see it as all good um, for whatever reason, I know plenty of religious people don't, but um, they'll see it and maybe they'll spur their uh, thinking about it too. So that's kind of the main thing I've been doing. I also do stuff on YouTube and podcasting to talk about news and politics, but really it's been the website for a long time. I've done some books too, but like that's the website and yeah. commentary. I didn't realize that you'd read a book, read a book, written a book. I didn't, <laughs> One or two, I've read. Yeah, I no, I've written a couple, but they've been, um, 
like the weird thing is it takes a lot of time mm -hmm. and you put a lot of effort into it. And I feel like in terms of response and reaction to anything I do, the books have not gotten that. Um, maybe the first one a long time ago, but like really the website has always gotten more response and more conversations going. And so it's like, okay, you know what? I can tell I am not the sort of person whose books are going to spur giant conversations, mm -hmm. but the articles and the news commentary can. And so let me try to be helpful in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. What I was going to say is I didn't realize you'd written a book until I began deciding whether or not I wanted to email you. And then I was like, sure. oh, and yeah. I, thought, I was like, should I? So normally when I bring someone on, like I'll read their works before I'll bring right, them on. Right. And I was like, but I've been reading him for so long. I'm not going to buy the book. Yeah, and I think I if you actually, book, <laughs> I think if you actually read any, there, there's been a couple of books and they're very different. Um, but I think like one of them, the first one I wrote, uh, which was about me visiting churches mm. about 15 some odd years ago, a little longer than that. And it was not saying I'm so naive that I don't know what I'm stepping into, but more like, uh, hey, look, I'm an atheist. I'm your target audience if these are seeker services mm. or trying to reach out to the unbelievers. Well, that's me. I'm going to go to your church without telling you. And here's my first impressions. Here's what I noticed. And while I, I, didn't make anything up. Like I stand by everything I wrote, but it's very clear. I'm way nicer in that book than I feel like I am now. <laughs> um, so like I, uh, I've heard that from some people who have checked out the books where it's like, there is a distance between what you wrote then and what I write about now. Yeah. Um, cause like friendly atheist is, is this moniker I've had forever, not because I'm nice, but because I just wanted to force people to put that <laughs> word next to atheist. Um, but I do feel I'm a lot more aggressive. Yeah. Not mean necessarily, but just like I'm not putting up with this. <laughs> Why? So were you um, just like caging yourself in the book and, and you wanted to be nice or has something shifted? I would sh shifted? give religious people and those pastors who mm -hmm. by and large are nice and well-intentioned and we just believe different things about God. Like I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But when some things are happening, uh, whether it's a social issue and their commentary on that, or politics or anything like I feel way less of a desire now to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. It's like, this isn't a close call. This isn't purely theology that we have a difference here. Like you're literally hurting people. I don't really feel like, well, it's their religion. Let me give them some leeway there. Yeah. Like I, that has really gone away. And I kind of, uh, want them to speak out more against what I consider to be pretty obvious problems within church, within church culture and all of that. Um, and a lot of times it seems like some of the people with large platforms who have no problem offering commentary on other issues yeah. are weirdly silent on the stuff uh, on certain other issues. Just going to your website, um, yeah. and I'll have that linked everywhere that it can be. Sure, sure. But honestly, you could just Google that name, and it, it comes up pretty easily. Um, where does all that come from? Because like, I'll go to your site a couple times a week, and I literally will think to myself, I intentionally engage in these conversations and you have so many more stories and different things and just all is are, are people sending you these things or are yeah. you like just figuring out like google words that like ding and alert you when crazy <laughs> bat everything crazy happens the and you're like what is happening is yes to all of that um so when i do have an rss feed uh, that lets me just say, hey, this blog, whenever they update, I want an update on it. When this uh, YouTube channel posts an update, I want that update. Um, that has been always been like the primary source. It's like I like getting news from these sources because I trust them. I know they're uh, whatever they comment on it. I know the news of what they're putting out there is not a lie. It's like, oh, we have the recording. We have the audio. Good. Mm -hmm. I can work with that. So yes, there are some places that are my go-to places, but actually what's changed probably the most in the 10 years or so recently is as more people are familiar with me and the website, yeah, they will send more stories that I couldn't get hmm. from my usual sources because they're local, because they're concerned about something happening in their community and no one's covering it um and things like that so th those to me are the more interesting stories because i can offer commentary on whatever trump is doing but honestly plenty of people are doing that it's stuff that's happening locally that's not getting attention 
that maybe I can be the person to help you shine a light on it. I'm not going to pretend to be an objective reporter on this stuff. What I hope people get from it, and I mean this sincerely, I hope like religious people, devoutly religious people who disagree with me about the God thing can go there and say, whatever I said with my opinion, which is very obvious, this is the video of what happened. I'm not taking it out of context. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to do that. This is legitimately what they said. The transcript is there. And then, sure, I'll offer my own opinion on it. But I would hope they see it and they're like, okay, this pastor really did say this. Or this politician who is Christian said this thing or did this thing. Here are the links. One thing that almost eh, infuriates me as much as a blogger can get infuriated is when I go to certain religious sites who I also, I, I want to know what they're saying. So mm -hmm. I subscribe to them. I, I read what they say when they comment on things, but they don't provide any of that stuff. Yes, I've seen this on a number of Christian sites where they're like, uh, politician X said this and how dare they do this. Um, I don't know when this is coming up, but like, just for example, over the weekend, a Democrat in the House offered a prayer to open the first session of Congress. That's the thing they do every day. Not a big deal. You would never hear about it because honestly, who cares? And at the very end of it, he said, in honor of the record number of women who were elected to Congress this year, he ended his prayer by saying, amen, and a woman. Is that the context oh, for that? I've seen that on Facebook all day context. today. And I looked it up because I was like, why are people so mad about this? Because mm. uh, I heard various things saying, one, he thinks amen is a reference to men because he's dumb and that's not the case. He's a minister. He knows what it means. Um, and two, they're like, is he trying to be gender inclusive, something, something? And he's like, no, I was just honoring all the women that were in the room. Like, and I wanted to give them like a little punny shout out. And I'm like, okay, harmless thing that this guy did. Yeah. I've heard other people do it too. It's not really? new. It's, it's honestly a dad joke for yeah. a congressman and yeah. the, doing that honor. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, I read so many people who are conservative uh, denouncing what he did without pointing to the context of what he said or telling everyone what he said or why he said it. And it's very, very easy to say, here's the video. Here's literally what he said. And to his local newspaper, here's how he justified what he did. Like, tell me where I'm getting it wrong. Cause yeah. I'm not. Yeah. And then we can have a discussion about it. If you thought it was whatever, not you, but like blasphemous or whatever. Yeah. Fine. We can have that discussion, but at least those facts are there. I'm putting it out there for you. Like I would genuinely hate it. If someone said you quoted a pastor, you went off on him cause he did this thing, but you missed the point of what he was doing or you, you misinterpreted mm -hmm. what he said. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't, I don't want to, and I don't need to, there's plenty of, there's plenty of stuff to talk about without purposely misinterpreting people. So <laughs> anyway, that's just what I'm saying. Like I, I try to provide that in all these articles. Here's the primary source. Here's the video. Here's the transcript. Like you can't disagree with me on that stuff. Yeah. What you take away from it, sure. But yeah. Not the rest of it. I did not know the context of that. I read it and I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. And I moved on about my business. Because honestly, like, the, <laughs> right, like right. I don't even remember. And it's been a long time since I studied that word in Hebrew. And yeah. just for just for clarity, I mean, like, I went to Liberty and I am not yeah. that anymore. Thank, right, right. Thank, well, I'm still that person. <laughs> I'm still that person. I didn't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a different, I'm not saying that well. For context, people, it's after <laughs> no, 11. It's, I, it's, it's I late in the evening. So. I got you completely. And believe me, you're not the only person yeah. I've talked to who has gone there or another other, uh, what I guess I would call fundamentalist Christian mm -hmm. schools. Like, that's not surprising at all. But yeah, I would hope that anyone yeah. seeing it would just say, okay, that's a fair uh, synopsis of yeah. what happened. Yeah. And but, now we can have that discussion. Yeah. I mean, a dad joke with a Hebrew word and honestly, amen is like loosely interpreted. I think it actually means something closer to like certainly or with certainty. It's sure. And, and now they, so be it. I, I think, think you're right do. about so, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. so even if you said a woman, who cares? Like that's, that's <laughs> on, on a, that's a platinum religious dad joke. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Why, and, why not? And again, to see people complaining about it, and it's like, one, he's a minister. Two, uh, he's trying yeah. to honor people, not blaspheme or something like that. It's like, <laughs> this is absurd. And yeah. so, for example, like that's one that people would send to me and say, hey, I haven't heard you comment on this thing that just happened. What do you have to say about this? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it usually ends up here. So it's a mix of 
telling people something that happened that they should know about. Mm -hmm. It's a mix of trying to alert people to something that happened or debunking misinterpretations like that one before they get out of hand to the extent that anyone cares what I have to say about it. Are you willing to um, to critique religion as a whole, I guess? On, on, yeah. Yeah. Um, so question, depends on what. Like, <laughs> oh, so a question that I wrestle with is yeah. my pastor is, and I'm going to loosely quote him on this. Yeah. But basically, that that the role of a pastor in America today, because of m- biblical illiteracy and people really having a social club that's like Kiwanis with Jesus and yeah. not not actually a faith, just you know, just people that we hang out with and we talk about right. God, but it's there's no works or anything with that, that mm-hmm. that like pastor's jobs are basically like hospice care for the church. Like it's it's in the death throes and we're just giving palliative care so that it's it's on its way to decline and die. And everybody's aware of this and nobody wants to talk about it because that's the way that it is. At least that's, and I'm probably that's badly... That's a pastor friend of yours said yeah, to you. Yeah, that, that's, that's the um, role of a pastor is I'm just currently managing decline. Like, we're just yeah. trying to be as comfortable as possible. I mean, as, as someone who wouldn't necessarily be upset by that decline, I don't think that's necessarily what's going on. Really? Um, I, th- I feel I don't have the number in front of me, so I am pulling this out of nowhere. But So correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I do think what I've seen is the churches that happen to be growing, uh, relatively speaking, even though religion is on a decline, the ones that are still growing despite that are kind of the ones that are more devout, more in-depth, that take more of your life. Mm. take over more of your life. Um, And they seem to be doing okay. So the people who want it, those churches are really growing. I, if the, the Kiwanis club, Jesus stuff. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're dying off, but again, like it's not that they're coming over to my side necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, I think every survey that I tend to see, it will show a rise in the number of people who are not affiliated with an organized religion, which is what you're referring to, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's not a giant rise in atheism. So like, believe me, they're not coming to my club anytime soon. So it's not like I'm celebrating necessarily or and and I don't don't even care if they do. But um, I think a lot of people have I've given talks about this where I try to explain why that change is happening. And there is a mix for me like of different ingredients, one of them being it's very easy to explore your doubts if you have them, where so many atheists I could point you to have told me that when they went to church, because they did as kids, and they had questions about their faith, they were told to have faith or don't ask the question <laughs> or something like that. Now, I've met a lot of Christians who vehemently agree with me that that's a horrible thing. I'm like, one you of those. Should be able yes. to, you should be able to answer those questions. And I mean, kudos to Christian apologists who try to do that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good thing to be able to do because you should be able to wrestle with these questions. But a lot of atheists will say they had questions. They didn't have a safe way to ask those questions, but I, we're about the same age. I would think like when the internet came along and you could explore that stuff privately, and without having to ask the pastor or anything mm-hmm. or ask your parents, um, all of a sudden it opened this door to like, oh, these other people have had these same questions. Yeah. Um, the answers that I'm seeing make more sense than what I'm getting in church. And that's one reason. So that to me is a big one. Like, yeah, I think Google has probably led more people to atheism than any <laughs> other source you could think of. Yeah. Um, another reason I think, and this part of it is scandals within the church where it's very easy to just see like, okay, well, these are religious people who ought to be better in many ways because that's certainly what they seem to think. And yet you can see visible uh, examples of it, whether it's the Catholic church and their scandals or pastors doing who knows what, hey, you're from Liberty, <laughs> or whether it's or whether it's like... Um, For context, culture. I was blocked by everybody in leadership <laughs> at Liberty. So I would, um, yeah, literally I am. Uh, they would, they send me letters still saying, hey, you should come to whatever, whatever and donate money to whatever. <laughs> and I'll respond being like, yeah, but you don't, like I paid for the right to critique my own university <laughs> and you silenced me. And then when I would invite you onto the show, you silenced me. So yeah. <laughs> why would I give you any more of my money? I gave yes. you a lot of my money. And you're, you wanted to be there, presumably, <laughs> and they're kind of pushing you away from it. Yeah. Now, imagine if you're having doubts about 
being there or part of a church yeah. that is similar. Yeah. And they're basically saying, yeah, we don't, we're not trying to help you out here with your questions. Or yeah. Anything. We really just still so, need your money. So I'm 38. How old are you? I'm curious if we are um, the same age. Am I 38? I'm either 38 or very close to it. I think I'm 37. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about it for a second. Time loses all meaning. <laughs> he does I, I'm 37. So we basically grew up at, around that same age yeah. where the internet became a thing when we were young. Mm -hmm. And so like, I certainly remember um, I wasn't Christian, but when I grew up and had religious doubts about my parents' faith, like I certainly went online late at night when they couldn't see me and asked those questions. And man, I'm sure the sites I stumbled upon were totally shady, but <laughs> what I read and what I heard people saying, it's like, yeah. oh, I don't think my religion is wrong. I think religion is wrong. Yeah. And the more I looked into that as I grew older, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty much sure I was right to begin with. Yeah. Nothing has swayed me otherwise. But anyway, I was going to say church scandals and the hypocrisy is certainly a thing mm -hmm. and that hasn't gone away <laughs> right. in subsequent years. And I think another thing that is also true is for a lot of people our age who came up when George W. Bush was in office for eight years, you actually saw what happened when someone who wears his religion on his sleeve makes policies that a lot of people disagree with. And all of a sudden, those two things are mixed together. Mm -hmm. So if you are, uh, even if you grew up as a conservative Christian, but if you didn't like how his presidency went, you were like, I don't want to be a part of any of that. Yeah. And I think that went into overdrive with Trump. It's like how many, I'm sure you have plenty of people you know too, where, you know, fine, we're Christian, but I can't defend the stuff he's doing. Yes. And, or, and I can't defend the religious people who I once saw as leaders who are glomming onto him. So what do you do with that? It's one thing to say, okay, I don't vote for the guy, but what do you do with a faith that does not teach you that that sort of thing is bad? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, all of these things coming together. And for me, I feel like all of that came together in like the mid 2000s. And I've seen it in practice for the past several years. So yeah. I forgot what the question was, yeah. but all of that stuff kind of came together. So that's kind of where I'm coming from yeah. on all this, where um, it's very, it, it wasn't even like, oh, I read a Richard Dawkins book. No, that, that existed, but I was an atheist so long before that came up. So, and now, oh, I was, what I was going to say is I think with all those things happening, you see a lot of people saying, okay, you know what? I may believe in God but I have a big problem with organized religion yes. or the church I grew up with mm -hmm. or the faith I grew up with. So I don't think I can call myself a label that says I'm an evangelical, I'm non-denominational or I'm whatever. Uh, okay, maybe I believe in something, but I don't think I'm one of those people. Yeah, yeah. And so they go away, So, but they're not atheists. And so I see this rise in the non-religiosity, but to go back to the thing you were saying about your pastor friend, that desire for community and having a group and i have said i'm not saying this for the first time at all i gen, i i have so much respect for those churches that eh, let's say they're not harmful in the political sense or social issues but they do provide a community they do provide if you want to volunteer they give you a way to do that if you want a job they give you a network for that if you're sick they will help you out if you go through a, a loss a uh, personal loss, they will help you get through that. There is no functional equivalent of that in the atheist world. Mm. And that's a problem for us that yeah. I've seen various attempts to try to fix almost always unsuccessfully. Mm. And so I don't know that it's going away for good. Yeah. Like, I think there will always be that desire and religion happens to be a very powerful glue to hold that together because if you take God out of that picture, and I've seen this from various atheist attempts to try to recreate church, but without God, yeah. they don't work. Right. The, the religious glue is very important to them. Yeah. I'm going to push in on that a bit more in a second, because one of the questions is very similar to what you just said, but I'd like mm -hmm. you to get specific. But I want to give some context for those that are listening. So I've seen the demographics of the show overall. Yeah. And so there's a big chunk older than me and a very large chunk younger than me. And so they may not quite understand why someone would be forced. And so I want to make sure that your reason is the same as mine to get on the internet 
um, late yep. at night after everyone goes to bed. And so for, for people like you and I, the <laughs> only way to get on the internet was when people would stop ringing the phone. That's and so right. you would have That's to right. wait until after telemarketer stops There's calling. only one telephone line. <laughs> you got to wait till the parents are asleep. Yeah. You can get on AOL dial-up Get on night. the slide, yeah. put, a, put a pillow over the modem because it made a racket. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> oh man, I hadn't thought about that right. in a while. Yeah, the yeah, bad right. part is it's literally in the living room, you know, for most people is cause it's a massive, <laughs> oh, I got lucky. It was in my bedroom. So I, uh, I had, I no. had that luxury, no. but I'm try I was, I've done this a few times where I'm like, what the heck was I reading at that time? Cause mm. I now knowing what I do with my life now, it's like, I wonder what I was reading and so much of it has disappeared or the format has disappeared. And it's like, I don't even know what my influences were because they no longer <laughs> exist because the internet is ephemeral. It was definitely Tom. You know that it was, it was just only Tom. He's, he's still a good, he's still a good friend. He's still a good friend. So one of the questions from one of the listeners was, was basically, you know, looking through your website Mm -hmm. And it's it's clear that there are a lot of things to be concerned with. And I think any honest Christian um, would, would agree with that, would have to agree with that. I don't see how you couldn't. Yeah. But what are some examples, um, because there aren't a lot, at least that I've seen on your site, that yeah. you're like, yeah, but actually this is a good thing, where there mm -hmm. is a role. Like, do you have some specifics, maybe even yeah, sure. recently, of out of all of the craziness, these things are doing it the way that maybe this should be used, whether or not you want to talk about yeah, faith. Actually, or, here's an interesting yeah. story about it. So it, it's part of it is what's newsworthy too. And sometimes when a church does what a church is kind of supposed to do, it's, it's you don't not reward necessarily a, fish for a story. Yeah, it's not necessarily a big deal. So mm -hmm. you're right. It, you won't see a lot of it because I'm trying to triage and po po point out the like big stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you this. I found this interesting. I have worked with atheist organizations, nonprofits, advocacy groups for 15 some odd years. One change that has definitely happened, especially in the Trump era, is that when it's a legal group that does church state separation issues or religious liberty issues, but like not the fake Christian only religious liberty issues, but like the we want everyone to have the right to worship how they want to. COVID is not that thing. <laughs> like it's, we are all in this boat together. What I've seen that's interesting is on Supreme Court cases and various groups filed their own briefs saying, hey, Supreme Court, you should rule this way and here's why. Like that's not unusual. They all do that. It used to be that we would file those on our own, that those groups would work with other atheist groups or church state separation groups and file those. What has happened is they now work with dozens at least, if not hundreds, of religious organizations fighting for those same issues, saying, look, on this case, this is not about religious freedom. This is about discrimination or mm. something like that. And they work with those religious organizations mm. with the belief that like, look, we do disagree about God. That is not unimportant. But on this issue, we are all on the same boat. Mm. That's an incredible change. Yeah. So I, And it's not just on legal things, but you see uh, I have highlighted this on the site and I appreciate it. There are a lot of times, especially right now, for example, I think hundreds upon hundreds of religious leaders, not just Christians, but all religious leaders would uh, issue statements or sign declarations um, about, for example, the Georgia Senate runoff election, because one of the candidates is a pastor, but he's getting pushback for like not being the right kind of pastor <laughs> or something like that. But they will say, look, this attack on his faith as if he's a bad Christian because he's uh, pro-choice or something, we see that as an unfair attack on faith because faith does not say you have to do these certain, you have to take these political positions. Mm -hmm. and, we're, and whether or not we agree or disagree with him, that is unfair. Like to have a bunch of religious leaders say, don't you dare attack someone for their faith. Criticize a politician for their actions yeah. and the things they actually support. Like, that is an important thing. I have found myself like, this is one of the reasons I find myself caring very little, relatively speaking, about whether someone else is an atheist. I don't care anymore. Right. I used to. I just feel like that's such a low priority for me. Yes. And it's because, like, there are so many religious people that do good things and share my values. I think a lot of progressive Christians, for example, 
I probably overlap with them on things we care about mm -hmm. way more than they would with conservative Christians. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, well, then why am I arguing with them about any of this theology stuff when there are bigger issues that we can actually do something about? We'll save the the God discussion for like the the late night drinking sessions at a coffee, but whatever. Are we like, drinking? Let's save it I didn't for bring the, any drinks. Are, sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> when we can go out again, like those are fun discussions to maybe have. Yeah in private or, or, you know, when things are normal, yeah. but when they're, when you feel like the world's on fire, it's like, you know what, we'll set aside our differences. Let's work on this because, Hey, look, this Baptist group is doing some really good work on church state separation issues, or this church is doing really impressive charity work that doesn't involve discriminating against who they're helping. That's not about them making sure they're advertising for their church in the process. They're just saying, look, we're compelled by our faith to help, uh, the least of these, that's not a bad thing. Why would I, why would I be mad about that? And yeah. by the way, that's what you should be doing according yeah. to your own rules. So yes. like, that's great. And look, plenty of churches do that. And by the way, they do it better than atheists do a lot of times. Yeah. And they have the infrastructure to back it up too. But like, that's awesome. That, that makes it very hard for me to complain about religion. But like that stuff happens all the time. I'll give the credit where it's due there. Oh, it's that time. I have to try to pay the bills. Be right back after this small break. It's hypocrisy. Why do you insist on making enemies? It's making Jesus This is a question that I had reading through. Um, yeah. Is is Western fundamentalist evangelicalism? Because that's the bulk yeah. of what is being critiqued. Um, and I don't need to really give See, much See, I disagree con about that, but go on with that. We'll, really? we'll talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my question was, is that just the low hanging fruit or yeah. are they more in bed with, I'm going to say empire and politics, which is what will piss people off the most that listen. See that last part again? The and, empire uh, and politics? Yeah. So what I find, um, what I think the biggest problem with the churches um, is a marriage to an empire, politics, mm -hmm. power, greed, wealth, money, as opposed to, um, you know, to, to Jesus. paraphrase Jesus, like you're doing this wrong, like you're doing this. Um, and even I was listening to a podcast the other day, like a lot of the Old Testament is don't build wealth, power and military yeah. and don't do that. And then every time you do, you, you, you suffer like you and you, we keep re perpetually doing that. And we happen to live in the biggest military superpower in the history of humanity sure um and so the church married itself in a couple of ways mm -hmm. i think if the only thing you ever saw on my site is me going after say westboro baptist church those low-hanging fruits mm -hmm. you would have a point because that's not representative of most christians mm -hmm. and how they act or what they believe and also who the hell are they like it's one church in the middle of somewhere that does this stuff or if I was critiquing like the independent fundamentalist Baptist churches, which do their own thing and aren't beholden to anybody else and have generally small congregations, even though there are many of them, mm -hmm. um, if that's all I did, I think that point would be fair. Here's where I think that critique is wrong. Um, I think it is super important that we go after people in power when they're using it for bad reasons. And like evangelical Christianity, or even to some extent non-denominational Protestant Christianity, has a lot of power right now mm -hmm. in politics. Yes. Forget even the wedded to politics, but they have the ability to influence policy and affect our lives and the lives of other people. Um, is that what you would consider fundamentalist or like the Western fundamentalist thing? Like, I don't yeah. think that's low-hanging fruit. I think that's like... That's where the power center is at. They represent millions and millions of people. That's so I don't fair. think it's unfair to attack them and criticize what they are doing and, and the hypocrisy that emerges mm -hmm. from that. But the other part is like, um, it's not that I'm ignoring other stuff either, but also I live in the U.S., so I have gotten critiqued by other atheists. Like, you don't talk about Islam as much. That's where well, I was going me, with that. Of, sure. I mean, yeah. Muslims are not controlling the U.S. government and they're not Fair telling enough. me how to live my life. Evangelical Christians are and they have the power to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. The other part is I do cover Islam and I do cover when that goes off the rails in other countries and all that stuff. But in the U.S. where, again, in my world, everything is on fire right now, Islam <laughs> isn't a part of that. You know, so of course it's going to get less attention from me personally 
um, on those issues. But I don't think I go after low-hanging Christian fruit. There may be posts about some people who are like, well, well it's a fringe dude. But I, I don't hesitate to call them fringe dudes. But I also, like, again, I'm thinking like Robert Jeffress, who is a pastor of a mega church in yeah. Texas. Yep. Yes, who has the ear of the president and Fox News. Mm -hmm. That's not low-hanging fruit. That guy represents a lot of people. John Hagee, another Texas guy. Mm -hmm. um, like, I guess the, the thing I always want to scream back when I hear that critique is like, tell me the pastor I'm like supposed to be critiquing. I've, I've gone after Joel Osteen. I've gone after Rick Warren. Also when he blocked by it. Joel. Also blocked. <laughs> How do you get blocked by Joel? So for so for Joel, he would um he would paraphrase scripture and then twist it to make a point, and then I would respond back. And so say it was you, like say say you're on your side and you're just like yeah. ripping scripture out of context. I would respond back publicly saying, you know, Hemet, I'm sure that you meant to include the first half of that sentence because you can't really start a point after That's the awesome. comma. You kind of have to, it's not just and the home of Good the brave. And um, it was a few months later and I realized I haven't seen anything from Joel in a while. And then when I went to search for him, I'm like, oh, right. I, what I would get at is every time I would say like, well, look, I'm going after Joel Osteen. I'm sure some segment of your audience is like, well, he doesn't represent like true Christianity. He represents oh, he's massive. this type of Christianity. He's massive. He's massive. But they'll dismiss him as Christianity light or the prosperity gospel or whatever, but it's not the type of church they belong to. It's like, who who do you think is fair game? Because mm -hmm. we could play this game with anybody. So if I go, if I uh, criticize like the pastor of a mega church or three, it's like, well, no, that's low. Is that low hanging fruit or not? Yeah. And I, I feel like it's not. And if it is low hanging, because it's like, one dude on YouTube who says something dumb in the name of Jesus. It's like, I'm not hiding the fact that it's one dude. I won't hide that fact. Yeah. But when it seems to represent a bigger thing or a threatening thing or an example of someone using religion to do something or do or say something awful, like, good, I'll, let me point that out. Let you defend that or not <laughs> defend it. Because yeah. like, hey, look, I'm all for Christians saying, here's why that's like a perversion of what we believe. Yeah. Good, you should point that out. And let's, let's agree that a lot of people yeah. twist scripture to do whatever it is they want, which is the point I am trying to make. I think most people do, myself included. I often, sure. will, yeah, we I have a, who How was many it? Christians have we all heard? I mean, who basically say, no, this is either, this is inerrant or there's only this interpretation. It's my interpretation. Yeah. That's the right interpretation. Yeah. It's like, I know, why don't, why don't you get together with the other Christians and you figure out which one is right? I'm gonna go ahead and critique all of you the same. Yeah. Um, but that's the yeah. thing, like it's, I think everyone considers all these other Christians who are not, uh, who don't share their mm, brand mm -hmm. of Christianity. Like it's all low hanging fruit to every other Christian. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we could play this game with atheists too. Like I'm not defending the other atheists, but I'm also not going out of my way to say like, yes, that person's not a true atheist or anything like, no, that person is an atheist and that person is wrong. And let's go ahead and critique them. There's should, no issue yeah. there. I don't actually know. We should have started there. What yeah. is an atheist? Like, how do you define that? Like, is it, is it as broad yeah. in general as a Christian or as a whatever, whatever, or like, are there levels there? Like, I guess I don't... the definition I would use, uh, the non-philosophical answer mm -hmm. here is if you don't believe in God, you're an atheist. That's to me, that's not saying with like, I know for a fact God doesn't exist. No, it's just saying, look, I don't believe in God. I live my life as if God doesn't exist. I'm open to the evidence but I don't believe God exists. That to sure. me is an atheist. Agnosticism, different question. Can we know that? Like, is there a way to figure that out? Interesting question. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. So that to me is an atheist, um, yeah. which means there are atheists who believe in other supernatural things, which makes no logical sense to me. <laughs> I, I've heard this. There are atheists who believe in heaven. Like, it's a small percentage. Really? But like, how, how does, does that make any sense? How does sense? that work? It doesn't. How do, That's the answer. Does, which which <laughs> heaven? Like, I don't, that doesn't, I, yeah. That's yes, you are. You I want are them on the show. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then the same thing applies where it's like how uh, there is a very small percentage, uh, bigger than like 4%, but a small percentage of atheists who say they oppose uh, LGBTQ rights. And it's like, 
on what basis? Yeah, for what purpose? (laughs) Because usually to me, the opposition comes from a religious place. Mm. And so to me, most atheists, most, I'm not speaking for all of them, I can't, but most of them are like pretty supportive of LGBTQ rights by and large, Mm -hmm. but there are some who oppose it. So it's like, look, being an atheist, it is one answer to one question. And after that, we're all over the place. So it's like, yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of atheists out there. I, I'm not pretending to defend them all. I think a bunch of them are are bad people with bad ideas. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm, but I think that's very different from people who are like that person's a uh, fake Christian, not a true Christian, which I do hear. Yeah, from a lot of people. Well, I'm not a big fan of that definition yeah. of Christians because that's not really my job. Um, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, I feel like I can influence my kids. And maybe my neighbors, <laughs> maybe. And outside of that, who am I joking? Like, just focus on the people that are in my circle and right. try to just not be a bigot and just love people. Yeah, and, I mean, that's be a good, decent person as best you can be. Yeah. And then we'll talk about it when you're not. Like, yeah. if you're a public figure and you're doing stuff, like, yeah, fine, let's bring it up. I want to address two other things, and then I'm going to ask yeah. a question that may actually explode. The times that we live in now, um, just for context, you said you didn't know when this will release. I don't either, Hemet. Like, I have no okay. idea. I usually upload things like four weeks at a time, and then I record yeah. a bunch, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, just because I've I'm doing other things and so are you. So I understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so at recording, so this is the day before the Georgia Senate runoff. Um, yeah. And I did, I, I've unintentionally since the election, I have disengaged from almost all political stuff just because mm-hmm. it was like sensory overload and I just so tired of it. And so religion overall, but you can talk about Christianity or, or other churches as well, but what is, how do I want to say this? So in, in a COVID world, where outbreaks won't stop because people right. won't stop being selfish. What burden does religion overall, do you think, just from your like reading all of these different news articles, bear in the non-containment of the sanctity like of how humanity? Much blame do they deserve for it? Yeah, but not necessarily the Christian church, although I'm fine with that as oh, well. Yeah, but like yeah, yeah. as a whole, what what burden does religion overall, do you think, bear in the loss of humanity? which I think is probably the inverse of what most religions yeah. are trying to do. In the U.S., mm-hmm. I don't think it's... I, I, we can't quantify it. Mm-hmm. We don't have those numbers. I do not think it is a small number. I think it's a large number of those deaths could be attributed to religion. Mm-hmm. I, I would... Oh, we can argue about that one. I think that's true because for the governors who actually tried to do the right thing and shut things down and restrict a, a gathering, public gatherings, as much as they possibly could... Who's fighting back against that? It's, I mean, look, schools are closed. That's a good thing, unfortunately. It's just stressful. Um, It's stressful (laughs) as a parent. Yes, it's very stressful. But I understand that one. That is a protection that's about safety. I'm a coach at a school. It's been so annoying trying to coach over Zoom or something. But whatever, the alternative is not really there. And churches could, what I don't get is churches could easily have made the shift. Most churches could have easily said, look, you come to church because of community, because the sermon, and because you want to donate, because of all these things. It would not be hard today to shift online. It's not the same. I know that. But you could. And in fact, most of the places file, it seems like most of the churches who file lawsuits saying like, you're discriminating against my religious freedom. Like those are the churches best equipped to move online. They already do everything online, Mm -hmm. or at least they post their sermons online and everything. But I think they don't make as much money when it's over online versus in person. I think that's a big part of it. Um, So when you look at who's fighting to open things back up before we're ready, it's not like every gym in town is filing these lawsuits. It's religious organizations. It's not just Christian ones. Orthodox Jewish ones have done it. Mm. Evangelical churches, non-denominational churches, I think I've seen are kind of the bigger ones on that list. Mega churches for sure. Yes. Those are the ones kind of fighting this thing. And again, here's where it gets hard because we cannot quantify this. I'm sure you've seen the story like over the summer, there was like a random wedding in like Maine that became a super spreader event. And the story there is as relatively small as that wedding was. It happened. There were people there without masks, no social distancing. And the, the repercussions of that 
is that several people died who weren't even at the wedding. Yeah. And that's just one case that we know about. Now imagine, yeah. I've, and I've seen these pictures. I know a lot of other people have seen these pictures. What happens when there are mega churches at the height of the pandemic? Which, doing, doing rallies in Nashville. Yeah. Not just rallies in Nashville, because, I mean, maybe you make the argument those are outdoors, maybe, maybe. but also they're also close together and yeah. they're not wearing masks. Yeah. But when they're doing indoor church services in defiance of local ordinances or fighting to open the doors, like, again, this isn't about trying to prevent people from worshiping. Do what so many churches have done. Just say, look, I know it's not what we want, but for the community we live in, for our own safety, let's commune online. Like, it, it's funny to me because, uh, it's not funny. It, the part that's funny to me is the idea that, what, if you don't gather in person, what's going to happen? What, God won't hear you? <laughs> that's not my understanding of scripture <laughs> or what pastors say. Like, I'm pretty sure if yeah. you commute, uh, uh, gather over Zoom, God will still do the same thing of whatever he was doing in church, uh, whether that's nothing or everything. Yeah. Like, it's not going to make a difference. And so, yes, I do think it's very easy for me to say, here's a church trying to be to open the stuff up to spread COVID. That's the end result of it. Or fighting for that, even though it's not about the virus doesn't care what your faith is. Yeah. And again, there are plenty of people who are churches that have done this. And they have sacrificed, I mean, not just financially, but emotionally and personally, they sacrificed, but they did it because they understand how this virus works. Mm -hmm. And they listen to people who know how the virus works. That's the thing that infuriated me about all those, all the lawsuits and the churches who are like, we're going to, we're going to fight back anyway. And not just the rallies outdoors, like the, what did they call them? The, the Sean Foyt. The let us, let us worship. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen no his shirt? Stopping. Have you seen his shirt? It literally oh, says, yeah, yeah. I saw it the other day and I thought it was Photoshopped. And then I, I yeah. looked for it. I'm like, it's real. This is a, how much money did this a-hole yeah. make from I this mean, damn shirt? And how many people got like, I, I have friends, close friends that yeah. people have died from COVID and this a-hole <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, I just, I, I know it's infuriating. And the thing is, he personally will do those rallies where hundreds of people come together closely, no masks to quote unquote worship. And then he's long gone before he ever has to deal with the pain of whatever some of those people are going to suffer down the road. Mm. Um, and there's no way to do the contact tracing because <laughs> it's the United States. So, like, <laughs> they come together for those rallies. Who knows what the super spreader effect is like? They go home if there was COVID present. Now, guess what? It's everywhere. And again, he's long gone before we feel the effects of that. I mean, to their credit, the people marching over the summer for Black Lives Matter and stuff, it's not ideal either, but they wore masks by and large. They socially distance as much as possible. Yeah. And I, I believe I have seen studies that said we haven't seen super spreader events arise from that. Yeah. But that is, again, it's not apples to apples comparison when they say, well, we're just protesting, so it's okay. Like, God, that's infuriating to see. And I think, to my point, why I talk about that stuff, I think a lot of Christians would agree with me that no one's trying to stop Christians from worshiping. I respect that right to worship. Mm -hmm. That's a far cry from saying, yeah, gather in your church. Like, Muslims are not gathering in their mosques. They're not the ones filing these lawsuits. They found a way to make it work yeah. as inconvenient as it has been. So, like, isn't that telling to some of these religious mm -hmm. people that are fighting it? Like, other religions have found Figured a way to out. do it. Yeah. Jewish people missed out on their most holy days, and they did it online. And yet, what, Christmas? Like, what, you can't do Christmas from home one year? I know it's not fun. But whatever, deal with it for one year. Can I, I be honest? I've enjoyed doing all that from year. home. I have really yeah. enjoyed. I, it sounds awful, but I have kind yeah. of enjoyed the way that we've done church. But I also know that I have community outside of that because I've been really intentional in building online communities anyway. Sure. Um, and you know what? When you get a chance to safely go back and see your church community, that'll be, great. be a wonder. Yeah, it'll absolutely. Be great. It'll be wonderful. Um, I felt the same way about coaching. Like I miss seeing those kids I work with, it's not the same when I'm working with new kids who I've never met in person. What do you I've coach? Only met, I coach public speaking, competitive forensics. Oh, I was thinking like, like basketball, tennis, yeah, basketball golf, is a different story. Something. Yeah. 
Um, but like we've had to shift, like the whole thing is public speaking and communication, which you want the feedback, live feedback mm -hmm. to adjust on the fly. That's part of the skill. And it's like, if you're doing a funny thing, you need the energy from yeah. the audience yeah. that's listening. And it's yeah. like, you can't replicate it when it's videotaped in advance, but we're whatever. My <laughs> point doing is the best like, you, can. Yeah. you do the best you can. It's inconvenient. No one loves it, but we know this is the safe, right thing to do for everyone involved. And you know what? Next year, hopefully we'll be able to do it in person again. If we can do that for the statewide competitive circuit, I don't know why a local church can't do Zoom services. Like, deal with it. I, <laughs> everyone's in the same boat. You're not special. That's the episode title. Deal with it. You're not special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, final question. For you, when you try to describe what God or the divine or anything is, what is that? Um. Yeah, it's a good question. It's not the stereotype of whatever man with the beard, guy in the clouds, that's childish. Um, but as far as I talk about God, I'm envisioning someone who listens to your prayers, who is looking out for you, who is watching over you, who is going to be there in the afterlife for you. Um, that is not there. Mm -hmm. That is the thing I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. um, so when people are praying, they're talking to themselves. They're not talking to anybody and no one's on the other end of the line. Um, that's the sort of uh, vision I have when I'm thinking about God, some supernatural force that exists, higher, higher power, however we want to describe that. I think what I get mad about is when people assume that and my interpretation of God is some cartoonish version of God, which is, it's like, um, I don't know if this is a fair analogy. It's like when creationists complain about pictures of Noah's Ark that are cartoonishly small with big animals because <laughs> it looks nicer on a coloring book. And they're like, well, the Ark would have been bigger than that. And it's, it's, it's wrong of you to assume this cartoonish form is what we believe. We are more sophisticated than that. There's like, a replica I'm, in Kentucky. I mean, you can just go, I, right? I'm just well, go get in that oh, thing. I'm so well aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> that has been an... Uh, I have disproportionately written about that arc have you <laughs> but, i need to spend but, more time there <laughs> <laughs> but to go back to um the, the god thing is like i don't think my interpretation of it is is a caricature or a stereotype like mm -hmm. at the very least i think the god most christians would believe in is one that is listening to your prayers and looking out for you and who has your best interest at heart and you try to live up to god's standards and you're going to see god later on it's like yeah well that's the thing none of that that's what I don't believe in. So uh, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a comical version of God. Yeah, I was curious when you said yes to come on. I'm like, well, I'm going to ask the question because I've asked it to everybody. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what, what what's going to happen. There? Oh, they've said a lot of things. So I, I talked with one lady on apophatic spirituality, which is like literally you should not try to give words to God. And so I was like, I realize, like, you should try to explain what God is by talking about what God is not. So think of it uh -huh. more like... um more like um what do they call them is you call them maxims what it, it's uh, okay. th that's not what you call it so there's a way like a philosophical way to t to try to explain something where you're like it's not this but it's more than this it's not this but like so like if you were trying to describe like love for us is the right word for that I'm uh, not sure it, it, so i don't it's not i'm i'm, I'm saying it wrong it's too late yeah, in the okay. evening but um but no the answers have been great one of my favorite was from um uh, a, a jewish um author that basically it's like she's like that's that's hilarious. She's like, anybody that tries to tell you what they know what God is, is literally just crazy. That's such a huge concept. She's like, but I'm going to give it a go, but let's just be really clear. <laughs> Nobody has any flipping idea. And then, right. but the answers have been, it, they've all been great. It's interesting. Into, the person, the first book I wrote um, many years ago, visiting those churches, mm -hmm. the foreword was written by a pastor. Mm. Um, I'm not trying to knock him, but he wrote a, what I thought was a nice foreword at the time. And now looking back at it, I'm like, mm, backhanded i'm not sure about that one but he basically said like uh hemant realizes that you know the god that lives in the clouds and decides our stuff like he doesn't well guess what i don't believe in that god either mm -hmm. and i'm like that's not the thing i don't believe in like of course that's silly but i'm talking about the god you believe in that's silly too <laughs> like that was what i was thinking in my head but i'm like it looked good and sounded good at the time and now i'm just like i i'm pretty sure you had a cartoony interpretation of what my atheism was like but whatever that yeah was a long time ago. yeah they've been fun so i mixed them into it was a few weeks ago was the episode yeah. um, for the end of the year i mixed all of those answers Ooh, into yes. one huge episode 
Yeah. And um, it was an, like an hour and 48 minutes long. And in my mind, I thought, oh, there's only like 40 episodes a year because I do like every other week in the summer because yeah. I'd, I'd like to spend some time with my family. I was like, there's no what? way that this is going to be longer <laughs> than 30, 40 minutes. And then at the end, I was like, two hours. Yeah. Where did this? I have done that before where a, a compilation of stuff that I think maybe 30, 40 minutes stops. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, there was a lot there. I was in it an hour, like an hour and 10 minutes into I was like, what have I what is this? What if I, though the feedback has been, yeah. it's been good. 10 from, minutes in, you're like, I've made a terrible what, mistake. But I'm committed now because I, I yeah. put 50, I put a year's worth of work into this. This is happening. I, it's so funny on YouTube. I, I was trying to figure out like, I, I used to do a YouTube channel. It's called The Atheist Voice. I did that mm. with a friend of mine. Um, everything was fine. But at some point he was doing so much of the technical stuff and I had some big life changes going on. And at some point a couple of years ago, I thought I want to try to do it myself um, with no disrespect to him, but it's like, I, I feel like if I'm doing this like you are, like yeah. this is the thing I do, I'm gonna own I it. should kind of know how to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So I started my own channel, not the atheist voice. It's just friendly atheist. And one of the things is like, well, in addition to talking about politics or religion or basic politics, current event stuff, is there any evergreen stuff I can talk about that will be an interesting video several years from now? Because most of the videos are have an expiration date of a week. Um, and I thought, well, let me go through, you know, the first book of Genesis because the creationist museum and all that, like there was like the, the truth is in Genesis. All right. You know what? I know that we only ever talk about Genesis one or two or the first few chapters. And like, no one knows what goes after that, unless you are devout and you read that stuff. Just some sex and so trafficking I, and, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I thought, let me go through Genesis one and two and point out the contradictions. That might be a fun little atheist video to make. And then I'm like, well, I can't stop it too. I got to do three mm -hmm. because it's tied together. And that's also like Adam and Eve stuff. So we got to get into that. And so now you're I'm in Thessalonians. At, I was going to say, I'm, <laughs> I just finished. Uh, I posted 49. I'm about to finish up with 50. And everyone's like, oh, so you're going to move on to Exodus, right? I'm like, oh, no, Jesus, no. I'm never going to finish no. this now. <laughs> We'll do um, the Catholic think, Bible because that way you can get all the books in. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, once I got to like Genesis 4, I'm like, oh no. What have I, I done? Yeah, what have I done? I don't think I can stop because I'll hate myself if I stop yeah. now. And then when I was done with Genesis, I'm like, well, now I can. Oh no, I can't. I really have to go on. You don't have to you know, go in order. You should do. Um, you should do. I, uh, you should do like Jewish order, not like. I did think about that. I'm like, well, should I just get to the to the big books? Um, no, you should like, just go well, in the, they, you should go in the Jewish order, which is way different it's, than the, it's never going to end yeah. is my point. So I have a YouTube series that's like a thousand three hundred parts. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm 1% of the way through it. How long are the videos? <laughs> They're like 10 or 15 minutes each. How long? So I know. It's, so for the, like, I wouldn't ask a seminarian or anyone to like, look at it. It's mostly me saying, let's go line by line and read this thing. Mm. And it's how many one liners can I spout off after those one liners? <laughs> But I am going through it and I am actually looking at commentary from Bible scholars saying mm. like, this is what this actually means. Because mm. like, again, I want to joke about it, but also I, I want to point out the symbolism or yep. the, the fair interpretations of certain mm -hmm. things. But also this is kind of horrifying and like, oh, this guy was just killed. Why? There's no reason given to us. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, and it's it's been a good learning experience, yeah. I will say. Huh. I'm going to dive into those because, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll dive into those. Like Where I do said, you... 49 part series and running right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll dive in when you get to Leviticus. I'm going to make you earn it. <laughs> so, yeah. when... <laughs> when we get to Revelation, I'll let you know. I'll be 97. But... <laughs> you better hurry then. Yeah. Um, where do you want people to go? This Sure. If yeah. anyone's interested, uh, like I said, the primary place that I dump my thoughts is friendlyatheist.com. Um, but if you if YouTube is your jam, search Friendly Atheist on there. If podcasting is your thing, search that online too. Um, but friendlyatheist.com, that's me. Perfect. Thank you, my man. Hey, thank you, sir. You don't know what my mind is. Don't pray for me. Don't tear me down and act as if you're helping me. Don't judge this. He be judged. What are the things that need to fall away? What are the things that you and I need to call out? As Hemant had said, you know, we need to, he's going to come alongside and we should come alongside him when faith and church and religion do things that aren't really jiving well 
Thank you so much to those of you that support the show on Patreon. And if you can do that and you haven't in the past, do that. I appreciate it. And you are amazing people. If you can't, I'd also 100% understand that. Consider rating and reviewing the shows. It's been a while since I went in there to read them, but those are always fun. And maybe just tell a friend. It's one of the most easy ways for the show to grow. Today's music, and I'm aware that it's been a while since I've included new music into the shows, is from Drew. Drew had a track come out a few months ago, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, she graciously allowed me to feature it in today's episode. So I hope that you will check out that link in the show notes. You'll find it on the playlist for the show. And uh, we'll talk soon. Be blessed, everybody.